The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Apologies to the entire city of Boston right now. This year was supposed to be your year in the NBA and the NHL. The Boston Bruins had the, had the greatest regular season of all time in the NHL. And they lose in the first round to the Florida Panthers, who snuck into the playoffs, who are looking phenomenal. Let's give them their credit. They look great. But the Boston Bruins were not supposed to lose that series. They lose in seven games after being up three games to one in the series. And now, tonight, your beloved Boston Celtics fans, your beloved Celtics lose in seven games to the Miami Heat in a season where it looked like the Boston Celtics had the easiest route to the NBA Finals through this Eastern Conference that was weak all all season. Like, all of the stars were in the West. Kevin Durant goes over in the trade from Brooklyn to Phoenix, and the path was right there for, for, uh, for you Celtics fans. Giannis goes out to Miami. Atlanta was supposed to be a super easy series. You let it go six games. Not a good sign. 76ers take you to seven, but in game seven, you show who you truly are and you shut that whole show over there down. You get Doc Rivers fired. Now you get Miami in the third round. This is supposed to be easy work. They got Jimmy Butler. They got no one else surrounding him. Little did you know. And it ends up, Miami goes up three games to O in the series. Boston gets all the way back, and they lose in Game 7 at home to Caleb Michael Jordan Martin. What an unreal effort from a guy who nobody expected him to be anything but a role player. And he shows up in these playoffs, and he's had an unbelievable little run here with Miami. And Game 7 is is the icing on the cake for him. And I want to run down the game a little before we get into everything. And before we get into the rundown of the game, I need to tell you about sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Head there and bet live in-game, pre-game, or on one of their many prop bets. The NBA Finals are coming up. The Stanley Cup Finals are coming up. Get your bets on those series. Get those in at sportsinteraction.com slash SDPN. Or... Use the QR code that's on the screen right now. Scan it. Download the Sports Interaction app. It is 19 plus. Always gamble responsibly. And if you were to gamble on tonight's game, the Celtics and the Heat, uh, the Celtics and the Heat, you would have got some great value on the Miami Heat. When all teams in the history of the NBA, they're 150 and 0, went up 3 0. It was, it was absurd to me that coming into this game, the Boston Celtics were the favorite. I get that they're the better team. I get that they themselves have won three games in a row versus Miami. and all those games, they look like the better team, except to, for the very ends of, the, of game six when Miami was on that charge and they took the lead. And, then, and Derek White has that unbelievable putback. But I never really wavered on Miami getting it done. It was it's scary watching when Jason Tatum turns it on. You're like, oh, all the pieces are clicking and they're getting the Horford minutes and and Derek White looks great and Jalen Brown isn't causing a million turnovers. Boston Celtics look absolutely phenomenal, but Miami always seems to get these games from their role players and they win with terrific defense and these role players stepping up. So let's let's take a look at the action that went down tonight and let's run through the game a little bit and the and the major storyline. So starting off right away, it it felt like a game 7. 
Like, you know, you know that Game 7 feel when it's that really slow pace, it's really low scoring. I think the perfect example of this ever was that those final two minutes of that Golden State Cleveland Cavaliers comeback um, where Cleveland was down 3-1 in the NBA Finals 2016. Kyrie hits that shot with like two minutes to go. And if you replay that like final five minutes of basketball, it's the most game seven basketball ever because nobody can do anything. There's something about the pressures of game seven where players are immobilized in the moment and it's hard to get points because guys are clamping down and they're nervous on the offensive end and it's easier to hustle on the defensive end and all the systems are kind of out the window and everybody's freestyling and that's a lot what we saw here in game seven versus the heat and the celtics so we start off a lot really slow jimmy butler he's not he didn't get it going real early it was uh it was a struggle for him the first quarter towards the end of it he kind of picks it up boston missed all of their three pointers in the first quarter like you knew it wasn't their night when they started missing all those threes they went oh for 12 it reminds me of that Rockers, rock, Rockers, that Rockets uh, game seven where they went, what was it, 0 for like 24 in a game seven? That was, oh, that was James Harden's best chance to ever make a finals. And, and they go, they can't make a single three in the entire game. So, yeah, no Boston Celtics threes all game or all first quarter. They go 0 for 12, 15 points in the first quarter for Boston. That ties them for the fewest this entire season. What a time for your offense to go completely cold. You know, the biggest game of the year, elimination game, backs up against the wall. You have the chance to make history, become the first team ever in NBA history to come back from a 3-0 deficit, and they go cold, completely cold in the first quarter. I noted this here. It was about 10:41 in the second quarter, and there was a steal off of Tatum. I forget who uh, made the steal, but I know Highsmith completed the play. I think he, he had the layup at the, at the finish at the other end, and then uh, Missoula calls, calls a timeout. And at that moment, early in the second quarter, it felt like okay, Boston needs to have their run here. Because halfway through the second, you get uh, Miami up by double digits. And you're thinking, okay, okay, we just had, we just had a little rough stretch. Missoula taking the timeout to try and calm everything. Boston needs a run to get it going. You know the run is coming. It's just a matter of when. And we don't get the run, actually, until the third quarter. But that's skipping ahead a little. And that just kind of – that's been the Boston Celtics all season and in this game in that – they're, they don't know how to come back. They're not really a good team that knows how to get back into games when they're down. And Miami, they got out early towards the end of that first quarter. And like I said, and into the second, they, they started playing great defense and they turned it into great offense. And once they got this lead, this like five-point lead, and then stretching like a seven, and then it was 10 for a little bit, once they hovered around this 10-point lead area, it was always, okay, Boston gets within seven, they get within six, and then Miami makes a couple shots. Caleb Martin hits a couple threes, and then they're back up. So we go to halftime. It's 52-41. to 41. Miami's up, but it doesn't feel over. Like, these games never feel over because you're waiting for that run. You're waiting for Boston to get back in it. 
first time out in the third comes off of uh, Jimmy Butler. He has a nasty drive to the hoop, and he has this easiest bucket. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, every time Miami tries to drive to the hoop, Boston is doing this thing with their defense where they're guarding towards the kickout pass, and they're collapsing kind of outwards. And they're allowing the guards to just drive through. You'll see, you see it with Kyle Lowry a couple of times. Old man Kyle, 37 years old, getting these clear drives to the hoop. Because they're playing this defense where they're kind of protecting against either the oop to bam. They're, they're squeezing out to protect bam. They're blocking the kick out. But then <laughs> the ball carrier is just getting these drives to the hoop. And, and Butler got one here. Caleb Martin got a few. I mentioned Lowry got a few. And... I guess that's on Missoula, you know. I guess that's on the, the that's on the coach to to get them in a better better defensive position, so that you're not allowing these easy layups. But that's that's like long gone. Those aren't the adjustments that you expect the coach to be making in this point of the year in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals. Like that should have been an issue that was solved in February. So the coaching issue in Boston is something that's going to be talked about for all summer because if they lose in four to Miami, Missoula probably doesn't have a job. And now that they've come back in seven, did that save them? Do you look at the team the same way as if they had lost in four? I don't know. There's a lot of questions there. And I'm spending a lot of time on Boston here because there's going to be plenty of time to talk about Miami because they're moving on and uh, they're going to face Denver. And we can gush all over Himmy Butler when they face uh, the Denver Nuggets. So there's plenty of time for that. 8-0 run carried by Derek White midway through the third quarter. This is, this is the charge I always thought was coming. I never felt comfy. If you're rooting for Miami, you don't feel comfy that okay, they're up on double digits because you know something is coming. It's it's an NBA game. Teams go on runs, and there's this 8-0 run. It's led by Derek White. It's midway through the third, and you think, okay, this is it. They're coming back. And then Caleb Martin is just absolutely unconscious at this point. He does a Kobe turnaround fadeaway along the baseline and he makes this beautiful shot and you're like okay this is how they're gonna do it this is how Miami's getting to the NBA finals when Caleb Martin started hitting those shots late in the third and they stemmy that Celtics run I truly believed Miami was gonna win this I was like okay it's that's it that is how they're gonna do this so they're gonna get the Caleb Martin game and that's going to be it. So the Miami's pushing back against every single Celtics run. At the end of the third, they get within seven. And then bang, Mike Breen, bang, Caleb Martin, three. 23 points at the end of the third. An unreal shot to close out the third quarter as well. And then he comes out in the uh, fourth early on, hits it a couple shots and. That, like, as soon as the fourth quarter started, I think it's, like, four minutes into the fourth, Miami goes on a deep run where they push it, and that's it. That's the game for Miami. It's that it's that little sequence in the third where Boston tries to get back in. Caleb Barton, of all people, shuts them down. We get the timely buckets from Jimmy Buckets because he, 
he held back a little, you know, his buckets weren't coming early on, but he kept shooting because shooters shoot, and he got his buckets, and they pushed the run from Boston, then Boston went back to their game in the fourth quarter where they couldn't hit as, as any threes. I'm not going to get to the Jalen Brown turnovers yet and his his future with Boston. We're not quite there. I'm saving that for just directly after this. But it was them. It was Miami uh, capitalizing on all those turnovers, getting those shots, making them. Duncan Robinson looked fantastic. Bam had a shaky game, but he had some timely rebounding. He was good underneath. Having that big man down there is always key. And Bam is great rim protector. He's always good in that position uh, defensively. Offensively, eh, moment was a little too big for him. Couldn't get it going. But uh, defensively, he was there, and that's all they needed. It was the Caleb, for me, it was the Caleb Martin game. Like, that's how I'm going to remember this, uh, this Eastern Conference Finals game seven, where Boston almost comes back. I'm going to remember it as the game where uh, Caleb Martin showed up and, and Jimmy did his thing as well. So that fourth quarter early on, when Miami started hitting all their shots again and Boston goes a little cold, that's it. That's the 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 heat pushed the score to ten to fifteen to twenty, and that was it. And it's an unfortunate end for the Celtics. Let's get into the Tatum ankle turn. Let's get into Jalen Brown and his future with the Celtics. I'm gonna keep it brief on those issues because there's gonna be a whole summer to dissect that, and I don't know where they go with Jalen Brown here. But I just want to pull up his uh, stats for the game because. They're not the greatest. Jalen Brown, in a game where Jason Tatum is playing on one ankle, Jalen Brown goes 8 for 23 from the field, has only two free throws. He goes 1 for 9 from three-point land, 19 points. And the big one, the one that everybody is talking about right now on the interwebs, eight turnovers. The eight turnovers is what everybody's talking about right now after the game because I it's a lot of the discourse right now is a little cruel. There's a lot of he's not that guy, pal. You're not that guy rhetoric from from a lot of people on that online clowning Jalen Brown for because he's eligible this summer to sign the Supermax. He made an all NBA team. He can he can sign an extension for uh for his next contract. He can sign a five year two hundred and ninety-five million dollar contract extension this summer. That is what Jalen Brown is eligible for. And in this game, a performance where the number one guy rolled his ankle to start the game. Let's put that out there. I haven't said it through the whole breakdown. Throughout this entire game, the Boston Celtics' number one option in Jason Tatum was playing with a rolled ankle. It clearly hampered him. It's game 70s out there just fighting through. If this is game 37 of the regular season, Jason Tatum doesn't play for the rest of that game. There's no reason to force it in that situation. Like He doesn't play, but it's game 7, so he's out there, and injuries can't be an excuse. Like... I've talked about this so many times on a million different pods. Injuries are a part of the game. That's unfortunate. And in Jalen Brown's situation, he had the opportunity. If if playoffs define careers and if these bo- big moments are, hey, believe them, 
when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. If this is the Jalen Brown showing you who he is moment, and we are to believe that this is who he is, then that's very disappointing for the future of Jalen Brown. Because in these moments, it was poor defense, poor shot selection, his ball handling skills. We saw with the eight turnovers, it wasn't there. And he's not that guy. And I don't want to go all the way out and be like, okay, he's not our number one and therefore like he sucks and he's a failure and all of that because not everyone can be a number one. Jalen Brown is a great number two, but he's proven in these moments, if we believe him, who we, if we believe who he is, who he showed us in this moment in the biggest stage, that he's a great number two and that he needs Jason Tatum out there at 100% for these t- this team to win, and he's not capable of carrying a team like Boston with the pieces around him to the NBA Finals. And that's the reality of who he is. So there's a huge, huge decision to be made about Boston and how much money they want to have tied up in Jalen Brown because I think there's somebody out there who's going to look at the pieces that he has and the package that he can bring, and they're going to say, hey, We'll give him the money. Like, we'll make that deal for Jalen Brown. So if I'm Jalen, do I, if Boston isn't willing to give me the full money I want, do I go test free agency because I know somebody out there is going to be desperate. There's 32 teams and I'm a top 40 player. Somebody's going to give me the money. When Boston's out there running their offense through Derek White as their number one option instead of Jalen Brown, it's very telling in these moments. He doesn't have what it takes to be the number one option on a team. That doesn't mean he can't be the number two on a championship winning team. We almost saw it last year. It's there, but we should all know from now on that he's not the number one. But it's not all on Jalen Brown. Like I said, when your number one is out, it's going to be really hard to win. When you go nigh for 42 from three-point land, it's going to be very hard to win. There's a lot of Boston Celtics storylines and a lot of questions coming out of this game. It's going to be a fascinating offseason for them. Um, I'm going to be very interested in where it goes. And with Miami, they were losing in the fourth quarter to the Chicago Bulls in the play-in round. They shouldn't be here. So who's to say they can't knock off Denver and Jokic? The NBA Finals are coming up on Thursday. That's going to be one hell of a series. I think Miami gives such a good fight to this Denver team that looks absolutely stellar. I'll be rooting for Jimmy Butler to get that ring. Even though Jokic deserves a ring too. Like I feel like as NBA fans, we are in a no-lose situation if either of these two superstars gets a ring. Jokic getting that ring to cement the legacy with his MVPs, Himmy Butler getting the I am him forever NBA trophy. Like this will be the one of the most unreal runs in the history of basketball to an NBA championship if Jimmy Butler is able, able to pull this off as the number one on the Miami Heat. Uh, it's up there with the Dirk run, but I think I think Jimmy Butler's got less than Dirk did on that on that on that uh, championship run for the Mavs. Like so. I'm excited for either of these uh, two franchises to get this trophy. Uh, I'm going to be watching uh, intensely over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you're watching this on YouTube, hello from uh, this is my new setup on my couch. I'll be coming to you 
from here just chillaxing, super laid back. And I hope you enjoyed this one. I will see you again soon. Thank you for being here. And that is how it's done. The Jesse Blake Sports Report with Jesse Blake. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Jesse Blake, the guy that likes to hear his name twice in one sentence. Sure, I know him. No, he doesn't have an ego at all.